Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, we ask very simply that tonight as we come before you, we pray that the word transforms us. We pray, O Lord, that as we spend time at your feet, as we spend time in your word, as we spend time discovering who you are, what you have done, what you have made possible for us, that Father Almighty God, we are transformed, transformed into your image with the ability to function as you would function. Father, we ask for brevity, wisdom, and insight. And we submit ourselves totally to the Holy Spirit. We pray that even as we sit at your word, may the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow in such a way that each person goes away with a life-changing experience. And Father Almighty God, we personally welcome each member of each person listening by podcast, wherever you are in the world, we pray that the Lord surrounds you with his person and leaves you with an experience that changes your life. We give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory, Lord, in Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to continue from where we left off last week. And one of the things um, about the Bible study is the really great thing about the Bible study is questions, because questions allow us to look into things that would not necessarily come up in our notes. And so last week we spoke about the Lord working on our hearts and what that does and what that looks like and the power of the word to transform our hearts. Now, the beautiful thing about that is we got a question last week. I'm going to jump on that to begin. So I'm just going to answer that question and that will lead us into tonight. And the question was this, can the word be in form of a song worship or prayer for transformation to take place or do you have to be reading a verse in the bible the beautiful thing about it is this the word of god is the word of god so whether the word of god is sung whether the word of god is um whether it's in a worship song or whether your the word of god is coming in the place of prayer where the holy spirit brings it alive ladies and gentlemen transformation will come because the word of god is the word of god so you can be sitting listening to a sermon and a part of the sermon will literally jump out at you because the the holy spirit will bring that word alive and as we said last week it will work on your heart allowing your heart to first believe and then to function and so we realize ladies and gentlemen when you're listening to worship songs especially if they are based upon the word of god when they are based up or they are you realize they do exactly the same thing so when you're studying the bible studying the bible what happens the holy spirit will bring one verse alive he will explain something to you he will cause it the, the phrase he will amplify it that's a nice way to see it now that can happen when you're listening to a worship song um 
a variety of songs and, and it doesn't it, it, and it it can be different songs at different times and so once those songs are the word of god i mean i'll give you one that that um just seems to to grab me and we the good thing is we sang it on sunday which is yeshua yeshua means joshua savior or jesus and that song sings that my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands which is taken from the book of the songs of solomon and what you realize at that point in time that <laughs> that word for me that song just took over my experience for a, for a couple of weeks every time i put it on it was like i was in tears and this is what worship does and this is the worship will create an environment for you to come into God's presence, but it also creates an environment around you for God to come into yours. And that's where transformation takes place. And that has sat in my heart. And a range of songs, think about them. Um, one of my favorites is the hymn, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, which is taken from Genesis 18, verse 1, where Abraham says to the Lord, as he comes towards him, not knowing it's the Lord, that do not pass your servant by, that you must have come to me for a reason. That's Genesis 18, reading from verse one. You also realize, now that song means so much to different people. Why? Because it's the word of God. And what does it do? It reinforces who God is, what God means, what God wants to do in your life and so that's it so whether the word is in prayer whether the word it whether the word be spoken in prayer spoken in confession whether the word be spoken um whether the word be studied whether the word be sung the word of god will do what the word of god does why because the person who brings the word of god alive in our hearts the person who is our teacher is the holy spirit and he can work wherever. So you can literally be walking along the road and you can be praying in tongues or you can be just praying or you can be just talking about the word of God and something will just click. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's our teacher. And that's when transformation takes place. To use a, a common term, a, a more popular term, is the penny will drop. A light bulb moment goes on. And so tell um, the question we got, Thank you very much for the person who asked it. Really appreciate it. And it really helps. So what do we say? This, also, let, before I go off this subject, let me, the reason, let me go back to this. The word of God transforms, particularly when we spend time in meditating on the word. Now, I can be meditating on the word when I'm singing, I can be meditating on the word when I am praying. I can be meditating on the word where I'm going over something I've just read. And what does meditating on the word mean? What does meditation mean? It, the, the root word of meditation is to mutter, to repeat to oneself, to chew over until it is, or the, also is where we get the, the, the concept of processing the word of God. And so you can be singing a song. And, and let me say it this way. Um, 
<laughs> I'm sure I'm speaking to someone and that there's a reason that we, we've grabbed this question first. During the most difficult periods of our lives, when prayer is difficult, when you've prayed to the max, for us, God gives us, or for me, God will give us a song. And that song will drive home a point and it just drives home. And what is it? What happens when you're singing that song or you're meditating or you're confessing the word? Literally, it's you find yourself in the presence of your father and the Holy Spirit will do what Jesus said he will do in John chapter 14, verse 26. And that is, he will be your teacher. He will be the comforter. He will be your standby, your strength. He will be your counselor, your advocate. He will be your guide. And so what you begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why the question was absolutely wonderful. Talking about transformation, the word of God in almost any form, but in particular, when you are meditating on the word of God, that means you're repeating it to yourself, you're thinking about it, you're imagining it, you see yourself in the answer, that's when transformation happens. And that can start off when you're praying, can start off when you're um, on a walk, that can start off when you're driving, can start off when you're in church, can start off when you're studying, reading the Bible, or when you're confessing it. So ladies and gentlemen, I hopefully that answers the question. And it's a really, really, really good question. Fantastic question. And so thank you very much for that. And so please keep the questions coming. As many as we can, we will address. If we don't address them immediately, um, we'll let you know. Also, somebody has asked a question and I'll grab this before we go to our, um, before we go to our, declaration um the recordings are on the podcast so they've been put up um thank you to the multimedia team who had a lot to do over the last two two to three weeks but they've got it up there so you'll find that the last two to three episodes of what we've been talking about so just look for the jesus house bible study on on the various platforms and you'll find it there again fantastic question okay ladies and gentlemen um, so what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're talking about, so we go from the heart and let me read through um, our base scripture when we're talking about God transforming, where we're talking about, we've spoken about new wine. So now we're looking at the wine skin in a human being. And we've said that is the heart, the soul, and the mind of a human being. And so we've looked at what God wants to do with our hearts. And now we're going to move to the second part. And we're going to look at what God wants to do with our souls within. I mean, we're going to try and do it in, in, in 40 minutes. Um, so that should be fun. But that's the part we're looking at. And so but I'll go over that scripture. Um, and so if you turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Matthew 22. And I'll read from 37 to 40. And I'll read it in the Amplified Bible um, this evening. Uh, so Matthew 22, 37 to 40. 
and I'll read it in the Amplified Bible. And he replied to him after Jesus was being asked, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then the Amplified Bible opens bracket says intellect. And Jesus then says, this is the great, most important principle and first commandment. And, this, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. Verse 40, these two commandments sum up and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. That's our scripture for this. Um, that's where we're speaking from. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we've got about a minute to our declaration, and we're going to take our declaration um, at 7.14, and then we will continue with our discussion. But, and I'll remember, our declaration is taken from the second book of Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14. We do it morning and evening, and that's what we'll do. So, it's, we've, we're just a minute out to that. And so, tonight, we're going to be looking at God's working with the soul and we've looked at what the heart does and we've looked at the great things about that God will transform so we're going to start with the soul and we're going to start with a very interesting <laughs> a very interesting scripture but let's take our declaration first so we've got about 30 seconds I'll just forsake of sticking to um, the time we've got about 30 seconds to um, 714 and if you would like to know where that declaration is second chronicles 7 verse 14 and then we will go on from there and so we will start our declaration at 714 it is in the chat if you don't if you don't know it by heart um and so ladies and gentlemen so let's take our declaration oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves we pray and seek your face. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if uh, the armors are flooding into the chat, that's absolutely wonderful. So let's begin. So speaking of what we want to talk about is the soul. And so there's a, it's a very important scripture. So what I want to do is just before we talk about the, the soul, I would like to please turn in your Bibles to 3 John. That's the third book of John. And we're going to have a look at... It, there's only one chapter, but we're going to have a look at verse two. And I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. And so as we look, begin our discussion on the soul, this is where we'll start. And the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So when we're thinking about new wine and new wineskins. We've spoken about the heart and the purpose of the heart is to believe God's word and then to produce words. That's the source of our words that change our lives. The purpose of the soul, the purpose of our soul is 
to make decisions. It's where the ability for a human being has um, the ability to make choices. And that ability is precious before God, where we are able to choose. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Now, when we say prosper, that's not just financially. It means anything you touch comes to a successful fulfillment, whatsoever it may be, whether it be family, whether it be marriage, whether it be business, whether it be school, whatsoever. The Bible says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Now, being health is, yes, your physical body. And if that's the first meaning, but there's also the meaning of anything that is not in accordance with what God wants is restored to the original state. And then John says the following, even as thy soul prosperous, meaning the condition of your soul determines our prosperity and our health. Now that is an, uh, that is really important. So what does the soul do? It determines our choices and our decisions. And that's what we're going to have a look at tonight. So when we're talking about new wine into new wineskins, the Lord wants to literally transform the condition of our souls and so let's have a look so no matter the so the condition of our souls determines our choices or our decisions so if my your soul has three parts and i'm going to look at all three um we're going to look at all three um your soul has contains your will your emotions and your intellect or your conscience to use a phrase so your soul is the part of you that makes the, the decision it's that's where you make choices it's the part of you that allows you to feel and connect with something by your feelings that's where your emotions lie and it also is the part of you that holds within it the ability for you to judge or to process something, to come to a decision. That's where we have our conscience. That's where we process things. Now, it's really important. Why is it so important? So let's, so why is it so important? Because once you've made a decision, decisions produce consequences, choices produce consequences so life for us as christians is a series of choices and so when the lord says i want your i want you to love me with your soul means i want to transform your soul in such a way so that your choices and your process to making choices is submitted to me so you will as John says, you will always prosper. Now, let, let, what I want to say here very clearly is this. The heart, the soul, and the mind all work together. And so although we're addressing them in three separate parts, just so we're clear, remember your heart, 
your soul and your mind, they all work together. And so let me show you how it works together. And I'm, I'm going to use a particular area. The, the, I, I, I'm going to use the first time it appears in the Bible to demonstrate the fact that your heart, your soul, and your mind, they all work together. And then the impact of what we're saying in that having your heart submitted to God, having your soul or the process that you use to make choices submitted to God makes it so important. And it will be clear at that point in time. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start from one, and we are going to read to verse six. Genesis three, verses one to six. And so this is the, this is where I'll read from verse one. The Bible says the following. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the servant, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, God has said that you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Everything's okay so far. Verse four, and the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now he's lying. But we'll come to that. Verse six, verse six is where we're going. Notice what happens now. And the Bible says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now, this is a tragic <laughs> section of scripture, we agree. But it holds within it the importance of your heart, your soul, and your mind. Notice what happened. The woman in conversation with the serpent. He introduces what? Words. He says, this is my view of things. The woman then processes what those words are and notice the result. The first thing, verse six says, and the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, let, let me let, notice, she hadn't touched it. But the Bible says she saw. Now, this is the function of your mind because your mind has the ability to picture the past, the present, and the future. So she pictures something. So the words that she heard created a 
picture. Now, this is really important. So that's the function of your mind. Then the Bible says, the Bible says, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. She was now emotionally attached to it. All of a sudden, her emotions got involved. So all of a sudden, the tree became more pleasant than anything else, simply because of what has been said. Now, notice, this is the only tree God said don't touch. But because of the conversation, all of a sudden, it is now good for food. That hadn't happened yet. So based upon the words, it became a reality that didn't currently exist, but it became real in her world. We deal with that when we deal with the mind. Then her emotions got involved. So now it is a soulish thing. The Bible says it was pleasant to the eyes. Focusing. So it's now the woman is attached to it. What? Emotionally. Think about how we buy things, but we'll come to that. Then the Bible says, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She came to believe something about the tree that nobody had said. That's her heart involved. So her mind, her soul or emotions are now involved. And then her heart gets involved because she now believes something about the tree that is not necessarily real. Now, notice, and then the Bible says, and she took of the fruit thereof. She made a decision and took an action. That choice changes everything. Notice the parts that are involved. The Bible says she saw her mind was involved. She felt her soul was involved. She desired. That's the, she processed it. That's a soul decision. Then she believed something about the tree that no one said in that this is a tree to make you wise. That had not been said. She came to believe something about the tree that wasn't true. Her heart was now involved. When all three came together, it produced an action. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why your heart, soul, and mind are so critical. Because it is where we process and come to action. So we spoke about the heart last week. Today, we're talking about the soul. And the soul has three functions. Your will, that means you make a decision. Your emotions, how you feel about something. And your conscience or the deciding voice, the part of you that judges. And that part is really key. And the Bible says, so this is why Jesus said, you shall love the Lord. That means you will sacrificially provide to God your heart, your soul, and your mind to him. Why? Because it will change the outcome of your life. That means your beliefs, your choices, and the pictures that you hold on to. We'll do with that next. Are 
in line with God's will and intention, meaning your experiences, whether the circumstances are good or adverse, will be God's experiences that will come to you. But let's have a look at the soul tonight. So that's what I wanted to show you was that the heart, soul, and mind all work together. They all work together. They all work together. They always work in, in tandem, or in, to use a word, in tandem. So, but let's have a look at what the soul does. So, John, let's go back to our first scripture. The first scripture said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so the question is, Lord, how can my soul get into a condition where every decision I make is yours? Let's have a look at what the Bible says. Remember what we said, the good thing about the heart, soul, and mind is they are redeemable. So the Bible says, please turn with me to Psalms. We'll look at two scriptures tonight. Psalms 19. verse 7 psalms 19 verse 7 now read it from the king james version of the bible the bible says psalms 19 verse 7 the law of the lord is perfect then it says converting the soul the next part has a semicolon and then there's the next part. And then, so we're going to take the whole thing. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, semicolon. That means whatever comes next explains what went before. That's the beauty of seeing a, um, a colon. When you see a colon in written in text like that. So this is this is a Bible study. This is what happens. When you see a colon in text, it means what comes next. This is it's a grammatical expression. What comes next explains what went before or makes it clearer. Then the Bible says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible said the law of the Lord is perfect and it converts the soul. The Bible says the testimony of the Lord is sure. That means it's set. There is the, the, when it comes to the word of the Lord, it's set. It does what it's meant to do. It is set. There's no changing of it. It doesn't change. It doesn't change whatever time or season it hits your life. It doesn't change. It's sure. It's reliable. It's an anchor. And the Bible says it makes wise the simple. Notice somebody who's simple and somebody who is wise is indicated by their what? Choices. So we realize when your soul is converted, your choices change and you are you move from being foolish to being wise. And the catalyst is the word of God. So when you spend time in the word of God, when you sit down and study, when you go through the word of God, when you're reading, when you're listening to it as a song, when you're confessing it, when you're meditating it, when you're studying it or reading it, ladies and gentlemen, what you begin to realize is your soul is converted. Three things are converted. 
The first thing is your will is converted. You decide, You when, when I say decide, you it lines up what you want with what God wants because you realize that God wants a better future for you than you want for yourself. So when you get the word of God on your inside, the, your will is aligned with God's will. When you, so that's what happens when you study the Bible and that governs your choices. Then what you feel or how you feel about a particular thing changes. Simply because your relationship with God and you, I'll come to that. Your relationship with God, it changes how you feel about a thing. And that then changes your choices or your decisions. Let me read the second scripture and then I'll come back and I'll explain it all together. The second scripture that I want you to look at, ladies and gentlemen, is this one. First Peter 1, verse 22. And I'll read to 23. Let me read it from the Amplified Bible. The Bible says the following, since by your obedience to the truth, through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren. See that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin, seed or sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever living and lasting word of God. Let me read that in the King James version of the Bible. The Bible says, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Then the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now, notice the Bible says that you purify your souls when you obey the truth. Couple of statements that we hold on to there. And then I'll, I'll give you an example. Couple of statements we hold on to. The first one is when ever you obey the truth it purifies your soul or you come to a realization that what god said about something is true i'll, I'll give you an example um and then i'll make a statement Monday, many times, when we come off for preachers, Monday really is a, a day of rest for us. Many times we do our very best. But I'm a very restless person when it comes to, I, I like being active, especially, especially when I think I've got things to do. And so today I had quite a few things to do. Um, and my mind was on tonight. At about five o'clock, normally I would just dive into what I'm about to prepare. And I would say, okay, Lord, let's just go for it. The Holy Spirit said, you know what? Before you do that, I want you to rest. And I'm thinking, but Lord, I've got a lot to do. He said, no, no, no. I want you to stop. 
take the next two hours off. Just stop, just literally rest. I thought, okay, I would. Rested for a couple of hours, came back, did one or two more things. The Holy Spirit said, rest again. I rested. I was very tired and I acknowledged it. Just an hour before the Bible study, as I came to sit down, the Holy Spirit said, okay, by the way your day has panned out, you haven't done your Bible study. So he said, sit down with the Bible and just read the next piece of your Bible study, not tonight's message, just the next piece. So I started reading it. And what I learned, ladies and gentlemen, without any reservation, changed my life. Why am I telling you this? Each time you obey the Holy Spirit, it resets your soul. So the next time the Holy Spirit tells me to rest, he won't have an argument because of the outcome of the last time he told me. And I wanted to use that as, as, as that's the freshest example I've got. It's just happened. When the Bible says that your soul is purified by obeying the truth, each time you obey the Bible, each time you do what the Lord says, and the outcome shows you that God was right and we were not, it purifies, literally scrapes a little bit off your soul. So the next time the Lord says, do it this way, there will not be, notice, there will not be an argument with him that, Lord, I've got so much to do. Notice, what is that? That's just fear and anxiety. That I've got so much to do, Lord, what I've got so much to do. But when I realize that, Lord, if I yield to you, you are actually right. This is how I say it. You are God. <laughs> and I am not. But you need reminding. It's not that it, and this is what I wanted to, this, I wanted to use this example particularly. Renewing your soul is a process, not an event. So as you read and study the Bible, looking at all three of our scriptures today, if you look at it, what it says is when you repetitively do what the Bible says, it changes the way you make choices. <laughs> and I will give you a few examples. So what I want you to do is realize is, ladies and gentlemen, it is a process. It's a process. And so notice what the Bible then says. Then the Bible says in verse 23, 1 Peter 1, 23, the Bible that says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Why is that so important? Because all of a sudden, the way you approach circumstances and situations will be from God's perspective, not yours. And the result will be when God presents a situation to you. First, there will be a willingness that God, if you're telling me this, based on what I know and I have experienced, I'm 
I'm with you. It may not make sense to everybody else, but I am with you. That's the first thing. Then the Bible says there will not be the emotions that usually associate when somebody presents something to you that is new or challenging. And the usual emotion is fear or anxiety. Because God has come through in the past, because God's word has put into your heart the fact that God can be trusted, the emotions will be, Lord, although I don't know, I can come to a conclusion, and this is my decision, that, Lord, I'm going to trust you. The results then kick in. It is a process. And this is how we purify our souls. Because then when God now wants you to make a choice that doesn't really make sense, but somebody else's life depends on it, he can work with you and through you, knowing that he can change your schedule. He can direct you. He can ask you to do something that others may not do. And you get results that others will not get. Does that make sense? I really hope that makes sense. And so I have a question. I'll come to it in a minute. But that's really key. So when the Lord, when we say purifies, it means to remove all resistance. And think about it. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ and you look at the life of the people who followed God, notice they had that about them. When God said go, they went. When God said go, they went. And so let me give you, let me add a scripture that, that came to me while we we're talking about this. And I hope this blesses somebody. Please turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. This backs up what John was saying. Isaiah 1, 19. Listen to what God says. I hope this changes somebody's life. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, Notice the quality of the obedience. There is a willingness first and then an act of obedience. And the Bible says the combination of the two will cause you to eat the good of the land. This, please, please, oh, I really got you to get this. Please hear me. Notice your, in your soul is where willingness sits so when god wants to bless you he requires you to be willing for you to be willing your soul has to be worked on that's where the willingness lies because notice why do we decide not to do what god wants to do false information, information that we, we may not be able to corroborate. But what does it produce? It produces fear, anxiety, and resistance. And therefore, we say, you know what, God, based on what I'm thinking, based on what I'm hearing, I'm going to do it my way. And I, I, I've done it. I'm, I'm not saying I haven't. But the Bible says the good of the land 
That means where whatsoever you do, whatsoever you are confronted with, prospers, comes to a successful, godly completion. The Bible says there are two things involved, willingness and obedience. Your soul determines your choices, which leads to where you make, take actions. That's the value of having your soul purified. Because when God can work through your choices, um, Holy Spirit, help me do this. When God can work through your choices, you realize all of a sudden life changes. I'll use Ruth as an example, one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Think about it. Ruth has comes off a tragedy. You'll find this story in Ruth 1. It, it's, Ruth has come off triple tragedies. She has no legal ties to her mother-in-law. None. She's, she's free. The Bible says once your husband is dead, you're free from that particular section of the law. She's free to go home. The person who was in the same situation with her leaves. She has every right to leave. But notice, she makes a decision that you know what? I'm going to do what God wants me to do. It may not make sense, but Lord, I'm willing. You, This is what you want me to do right now. And God doesn't give her any other information. We know the end of the story. She doesn't. But she's willing to trust God. That willingness is expressed in an action, which is, I'm not going to leave you. Where you live, I'll live. Where you die, I die. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And let Jehovah do the same to me if I let anything but death separate me from you. That decision, that's Ruth 1, Ruth 1. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruth 1. The willingness for Ruth to follow God changes her life. And so ladies and gentlemen, notice, on the back of her willingness, she makes a choice. The choice changes her life. The Bible says if you are willing and then obedient, the combination of the two will lead you into the good of the land. Willingness comes from the word of God finding a place in your heart it produces a willingness for you to do what god wants you to do and the rest ladies and gentlemen as they say is history um okay we have one question and then i might just move on but we've, we've made great time um, one of the questions is, when you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, does your soul then become unsettled until you listen? I love that. I love that question. Please, um, when you think about it, when you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, 
he will do his very best to get through to you. And that may lead to Arnold's unsettled feeling on your inside, a restlessness, something about you. You just, it's almost inexplicable. That's the Holy Spirit working with your spirit. Let me put it in context. In Luke 22, okay, same story, but I'll, I'll read it from Mark 14, just to back up. Mark 14, verse 34. Great question. Mark 14, verse 34. Jesus is about to go to the cross. There is a necessity for him to spend a time in prayer like nobody has before. Notice how the Holy Ghost gets to him, how the Holy Ghost encourages him to pray. Jesus says to his disciples, and I'll read. Um, I'm going to read from verse, verse 34 is our target. Um, I'll read from verse 32 so you get the full picture. The Bible says, and they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. But then he pulls out his three main men. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Now, when you think about that, let me make sure that I've got you. So the Bible says that he began to be, something on his inside became, as you said, unsettled. Verse 34 is where we're going. And then we'll look at this maybe in simple English. Verse 34 says the following. And saith unto them, now Jesus is now explaining to his disciples what's going on. He said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch means pray with me. How did the Holy Ghost get Jesus to go into the garden of Gethsemane to pray? He made him restless. So when, you're, when you, the Holy Ghost wants to get your attention, he will cause you to become restless. He will cause you to become curious. He will cause you to become unsettled. Where should you go when that happens? Into the place of prayer, whether it be study, whether it be prayer. But notice, the person who is making you restless is the person who wants to give you the answer. And so this is one of the ways that the Holy Ghost does it. And the beautiful thing is, then Jesus takes all that feeling and translates it into intercessory prayer like we've never seen before. He prays like no man's business, but it's boiled down to one question. That Lord, if, if possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, if not, he said, notice the phrase, and this is why the Lord made his soul sorrowful. I'll read on, verse 35. I'll read on. I'm, I'm now in Mark 14, verse 35. The Bible says it better than I can. 
And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Then he makes this statement. And remember what we're talking about. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. What did he say? He said, God, no matter how I feel, I've made a choice. Not what I want. My will is what you want. And that changes the course of history for humanity. That is how powerful your soul is. Great question. Thank you very much. When the Holy Spirit wants to move you, he will make you unsettled. It's an unsettled nature that sits in your soul, a restlessness where your emotions sit because you feel it. That's what your emotions are there for. Your emotions, and let me say this carefully, your emotions are primarily given to you for you to sense divine pleasure or displeasure. Meaning your emotions were given to you so that you could sense when an invisible God wants you to go left or right. That was the original reason our emotions are given to us. It connects us to the invisible. So what did God do? He got to Jesus. He got into his soul, got into his heart and soul. What did he do? He made him restless. Jesus then follows the process through. And from a place of prayer, he makes a decision. And that decision changes the course of humanity. I pray it is, I pray that someone now understands what's going on. I'm sure that explanation came from somewhere. It's not in my notes. Without that question, I wouldn't have gone down that road. But that unsettled nature, what do you do? Take it to the place of prayer. Be honest in the place of prayer. And the Lord will respond. When God wants your attention, so let me summarize, because we're coming to a close. Let me summarize. Your soul is the determinant factor for your prosperity and your health. It is your health. Good question. So I've got a question. The Bible, not, <laughs> the question says, so that a heavy spirit is an indication to review your choices. The answer is yes. When you find a heaviness in your spirit, it's an indication that God wants you to come back to him because there's something he knows that you don't know. I hope that makes it clear. I hope that makes it clear. When you find a heaviness in your spirit, go back to God. What did Jesus do? That's, this is our example. This is, this is the beauty of Bible study. He processes that heaviness into the place of prayer. There are a couple of other popular examples that you can use. This is the greatest one. This is one. This one says everything. 
because notice what Jesus focused on. He said, not my will, but thine be done. That means, Lord, this one I'm aligned. The Bible then says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that's, I hope that's helped. Next week, we'll deal with the mind and we'll close this out. So we'll close it out next week. Let's put this in context. Your heart, your soul, and your mind, they work together. Your soul determines your choices. It holds within it your will, your emotions, and what are your intellect or conscience, the part that says, you know what, will go left or right, where you may, all three of those things combine for enabling you to make choices. The life that we experience is the sum total of the choices that we make. And God wants you to make the best ones. So he says, bring your soul back to me so you can process what I intend for your circumstances. So when you make the choices, even though everybody else might go a different way, you will get, as we've said tonight in Isaiah 119 and in 3 John 1 verse 2, the good of the land, prosperity and health. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say a prayer for you. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for everything. Tonight, I'm very humbled. I really am. And so I pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for each person who's listening and each person who will listen. I pray that, Father, a season of revelation is given birth to, that your, the restlessness that you feel, and there is somebody out there who's restless, may God open his heart to you enabling you to make that fundamental choice that will change your life in Jesus's name. Amen. If anybody out there is, we are almost done. Um, somebody has put their hand up. Can you kindly put your question in the chat? Can you kindly put your question in the chat and I will answer it. Um, I pray for anybody who's believing God for healing but I'm also praying for anybody who's believing God for a turnaround. May God give you your turnaround. And we ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, someone says they have chronic migraines. I join my faith with yours and I pray with you for the miracle of healing found in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the band of tightness be broken around you so that from tonight you rest well. May whatever is causing the migraine, whatever is causing the migraine, be lifted. And we ask that Jesus heals you in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. There is a person who asked a question that, how do you pray for a particular type of person? Um, I have noticed that question. I will answer it if that's okay.
next week because we've run out of time. But I will keep your question and I will answer it. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.